told them you never know. I was doing a lot of jet ski maintenance today. They got really? a future in it. I did a couple runs to the gas station, got some... Uh, they run out of gas pretty fast, huh? Well, the way we drive them, they run out of gas pretty fast. <laughs> you floor it, right? I mean, the feds got me out there last week, so I've uh, been a little turned off from the... Uh, <laughs> a little turned off from the jet ski experience. <laughs> of all the, of all the um, issues you've had with authorities and the police... Was this your first nautical offense? <laughs> it was. <laughs> Dude, at one point I told him I was just going to leave. <laughs> He's like, you better not. Can you walk us through what happened real quick? <clears throat> I was on the other side of the bridge. Me and Blue were bombing around out there, and uh, my jet ski starts beeping like we're out of gas. And we're like furthest point. Like couldn't be, really I haven't been that, that far away from the house on a jet ski, so I'm like, fuck. <laughs> so I just fucking basically gun it back, see if I'm going to make it, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I get through the bridge, and I'm going, and I guess I was in, like, an idle zone. And I had never seen cops out there. Some guy, I see some boat, like, on, like, a little pontoonish boat waving me over emphatically. And I'm just like, ah. I, like, start heading that way. I'm like, I almost just bigly completely because my thing's beeping. And I'm like, and I get up closer, and I'm within, like, 15 feet away, I realize it's a cop. He was like dressed like it wasn't noticeable. He was a cop, really. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess like in the state of Florida, you need to. If it's mandatory if you're on one of those jet skis to be wearing a life jacket, which, against, which you were not. It's against the law. Yep. And uh, he also gave me a ticket, given some crazy law like you need to have a boating license <laughs> if you were born. I don't know. It was like, it was bullshit. But like at one point, I literally was like. I would say that's bullshit, but the first day we were here, I think, Blue broke the jet ski. Yeah. So maybe you need a license. Yeah, I mean, you can definitely like, if you run it into like some shallow water, you get sand in the engine, like gets into the whatever, the valve. You get a fucking dart in your neck. You get a dart in your neck. So yeah, I mean, I got two tickets. Then Blue comes over. He's like cruising over. So you're chat, you're chatting with the nautical police. At one point, yeah, I like had to hold on to his boat while he's and <laughs> and Blue comes swimming up in his jet yeah, ski. and then like he and then he pop, he like tells Blue to come over, like he's did something, and he didn't even see Blue coming. Blue came over. I'm like, what are you giving him a ticket for, bro? Like, uh, take it easy. And <laughs> he, he's just like a dork. You know, I just I have always have a tough time with police. I don't know. I mean, granted, I guess I was breaking the law. So at the end of it, I realized like. Cops kind of, authority definitely brings out the worst in me. Like, mm -hmm. someone telling me what to do and how to act and shit. Yeah. And that, if you really break that down, like, it's more about me. You know what I mean? And I actually had that thought during it. And I was just like, yeah, what, you know, what am I going to do? My whole thought process with that stuff is like, this guy's entire existence, for the most part, for the majority of the days, is to, like, tell people not to do this shit. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, like... Mm -hmm. The second someone like doesn't take that seriously, like his whole purpose and existence well, not seriously, then look, then they're they're just gonna you know. I get hardest. it. I don't, and I and if I'm being completely objective of myself, like if someone does it like politely, and I know I'm doing something really wrong, like harming, like you know, like I don't have issues with that kind of authority. But when they take their job super serious, and I know I wasn't doing anything, and I'm like, dude. Do you not see that I have no gas? I'm just trying to get home. Like, mm -hmm. my house is right there. Yeah. Like, I'm not trying to, you know what I mean? I didn't see the sign. I'm just fucking trying to get home. It's the like, equivalent of, like, not like not wearing your seatbelt. Yeah, you're, like, yeah. you're going to, like, act like, oh, he was like, did you see that sign? I'm like, can you see that sign from here? Like, I was, I couldn't fucking read it. Yeah. And then at one point, I, I let go of it. And he's like, sir? <laughs> <laughs> sir, come back. Sir, don't do that. And I was like, honestly, I'm just about to dip. <laughs> And like, dude, he's like, don't do it. You end up calling back up. And there's a guy who came on land and was just watching me on land. <laughs> but dude, um, he's like, dude, I'm a cop. He's like, I know I'm on a boat, but I'm a cop. He has to explain himself. And then I'm like, blue, I'm like, blue, dip. And he's like, he's like, stay. And I was like, go. <laughs> blue was like, didn't know who to listen to. Um, oh, but yeah, man. Fucking uh, straight comedy. I mean, I, I didn't have gas, so, like, think about that. Like, I peel off to get away, 
and then I die and my jet ski runs out, that would have been a pretty bad, uh, I would end up getting arrested, which I'm on probation. So, you know, I'm glad I thought on my feet. And, but Blue was like, dude, Blue cruised up within a minute of Blue being there. I was arguing with the guy and told him I was going to leave. It was funny. But, you know, charge well, to the game. You got gas right now, so you can be thankful for that. Yeah, I do. And uh, I think I think that's on my bucket list is to be in a high speed uh, jet ski chase. Yeah. yeah, I mean it would be it would have been pretty cool. I feel, I think, I I feel, feel like, like I, they're a little more lax with the nautical laws than you know if you. That was the vibe, I was, and he's like, "I'm a cop." How does the judge take that seriously when you get to court? It's like you. It's like he didn't have his like. He, no, he resisted arrest. He resisted arrest in a in a jet ski, in a high speed jet ski chase. Like, really, literally, like, if I just didn't go over there, he wouldn't have got me. Yeah. I just went over there, and then Blue goes over there, and he there's, gives us both There's no tickets. way that pontoon is going 60. Nah. Yeah. Nah. And it was, I mean, I don't know if pontoon's the right word, but it still wasn't a boat that would have caught me. Like, yeah. But I had no gas, so you, you I was- You did the right thing. I was rolling the dice, but yeah. You did the right thing. I'm happy I didn't. <laughs> I live to see another day. We fight on. Well, we, uh, we asked fans to send in a bunch of questions. This time, not just sex questions. It can be all over the board. I awesome. said they could be serious, they could be sexual, they could be whatever they want. Yeah. Uh, so we, we picked we picked eight of our favorites, and let's just get right into them and play them. And, uh, all right, here we go. This is my question for the YNK podcast. We can hear you, bud. Would you recommend other people starting podcasts to talk about things they like, whether they're celebrities or not? Do you think it's a good idea for people, whether they're a celebrity or not, to start a podcast? Yeah, like, I mean... Look, I think it applies to anything, podcast or not. Like, if you have an inclination to do shit, you should do it. And it doesn't, it doesn't mean that it was unsuccessful if you began one, you know, you had that experience and you move on from it without it becoming your end-all, be-all. You know, like, if you have an interest in something, I think this is great advice in general. If you have an interest in something, just follow down that path. Mm -hmm. And then keep your eyes open, man. You know, when you go down a path and you see what's over there and you walk down there. But you would have never saw that path if you didn't go down this path, you know? So a lot of people look for, like, the home run, you know, and, and you know, whatever their next idea is or whatever. I mean, we do a lot. Of, I kind of throw a lot of pain against the wall of how I make music or a lot of our ideas. And, you know, we don't know which ones will be huge hits necessarily. But, like, mm -hmm. you know, I follow my gut instinct on a lot of this stuff. I mean, I think we all do. And that's why we're doing well, you know? But... It, a good way of putting it is don't be so precious about, especially he was a young kid, you know? So don't be precious with like all your endeavors and that this needs to be so well done. And well, like, I, think, I think people get caught up with the outcome too much. Oh yeah. Where they forget that the falling in love with the process is actually the yeah. important thing. Yeah, you gotta do like the, the law of detachment. You have to detach from the results. And I really, really connect with that. I really connect yeah. with that. It, it's a long game, it's a long game. and. Detaching from the results also includes like detaching from external opinions. Those are results to a lot of people. How many people like this? How many people commented and said this? Or, you know, like, it's, it's just not about that. It's about like building something. And, 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 and look, like I said, you could build something. It could just be a little something. It's a tiny little step in your process, you know? Like, it's okay, you know? So to answer his question, absolutely. If you have an inclination to do something, do it. And he was talking uh, podcast specifically, and I, I'm an advocate for podcasts in general, like whether it becomes a huge podcast or not. Um, because, I mean, a point I made a long time ago is that people don't like sit and just talk to each other for an hour at a time anymore. Yeah. Like you're here, you're talking to Clint Frazier, like, you know, whenever that was. And yeah. that was like, what, like when are you going to sit down and talk to Clint Frazier for an hour yeah. uninterrupted you know with absolutely like you just don't do that anymore yeah it, it eliminates a lot of the just societal norm distractions that come up in conversation your phone your you know just like you were other people in the room you know who who else like should I move all these questions that come up in your head all that's eliminated and you just you're there's nothing outside of that conversation that matters at that time kind of forces that to be right in the moment with your conversation. I mean, I've had some of the most fruitful conversations of my existence on from doing a podcast. There you, know? you go. So there you go. There you go. If no one watches it, it still doesn't fucking matter. It's a, it's about that. Yeah, you, you gain something from it. Yeah, it's about there's just so many things that could happen when you do. Just do stuff. 
Yeah. And what I love seeing uh, from all of like the fan podcasts I've been on, uh, a lot of them are just like buddies who are like zooming from like different yeah. different areas in the country. Great vibe. And it's just like it's just a way for them to like keep in touch with each other and shoot the shit, you know? Like and like, dude, I used to do it. Uh, I, I podcasted like five, six years ago. I know. With Jiggy, like I was doing. Dude, it. we brought that up yesterday. It's funny you brought that up right now. Yeah, and it's like. That was a great way for him and I just to like fucking get together once a week, just fucking shoot yeah. the shit, have a nice conversation. You Help know? build your relationship. Yeah. So like, if if you're just doing one with your buddy, like, fuck it, who, like, if it blows up, it blows up. If it doesn't, like, you're having a blast. You're, you're hanging out with your buddies. You know. Look, I mean, I made I made fucking music for ten, going on ten years. Mm-hmm. Still hasn't blown up. Like, you know, like obviously we we've, we've not done well, but you know, you know what I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm. it was never about that. It was never about that, and. And I think I think that's a part of the reason why I worked. It wasn't about that. It mm-hmm. never was for me. So yeah, any anything in your heart, anything in your intuition that tells you, yeah, you should do it. Fucking do it. Figure out how to do it. Don't be precious about it. Mm-hmm. I liken it to like Instagram and TikTok. Like that's a weird analogy, but I'll explain. People are very precious with Instagram. Instagram you're like it's so. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Gary V said, "Don't treat your Instagram like an art gallery." Yeah, it's so manicured. You know, like mm-hmm. curated was the word I was looking for. Yep. Curated and like, ooh, does this fit my aesthetic? And, <laughs> and um, you know, what am I, like, what did I post last time? Yeah. Can I post this now? Like, yeah. this, did this get how many likes? Like, I should do something like that again because I got a lot of likes. Like, TikTok, you just fucking fire shit out. Now, <laughs> to be transparent, I don't do my TikTok. You know what I mean? I just try to be off my phone. But TikTok is, a, I see the merit in TikTok and I'm getting on it more and more. Mm-hmm. But I mean, dude, you could fire out five posts on TikTok in a day. A lot of the shit that goes viral for all these kids doing it is like them just bullshitting, not even doing like amazing shit. They're just like it's a vibe. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think what it speaks to is people are we're gonna go back to raw. Like people want raw. That's why podcasts are so big. It's unfiltered. You want gonna go back to raw. Fuck the curation. You know. One thing you know about me, I've been keeping it raw since day one. Same. <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of raw dogs. Raw dog rampage. Yep. <laughs> Keep it raw, baby. Stud Summer Tour 2014. <laughs> raw dog rampage. The rawest it's ever been. <laughs> Monday Night Raw. <laughs> Tuesday Night Raw. All right, let's get to the next question. All right. How's it going, fellas? My question How are you? How to develop your own self-awareness. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, look. Jay Shetty likens it to like exercising and your health. That, like it's something you have to work on. I was just going to say. It's like, not something where you like flip a switch and you're like, oh, I found it. The real answer yeah. is like kind of all the shit we talk about on this and the shit I'm trying to preach. The reason I do it is for that. Like mm-hmm. I meditating specifically like the art of it is like I posted a picture on Instagram stories fairly recently and was like. There's a picture of the sky and the clouds, and like you could see below and above the clouds from the perspective of, of the camera. So essentially, it was saying like, "Hey, like those clouds are your thoughts. Like it's not the top of your ceiling. Like it's from the bottom looking up. That's the top of your sky, but there's blue skies behind it. Mm-hmm. And really, what meditating is, to put it as simply as I can, it's like you're kind of rising above." You're getting a perspective where you're looking down on your thoughts. Like, if you can quiet yourself, and that's really what I try to, like, when I first start meditating, I think about, I literally think about just, like, you know, rise. That's why people, like, look up. You're kind of rising. Your third eye is, is above your, your forehead. And you kind of, I kind of get that sensation, bro. You, you feel like you kind of just get a bird's eye view. Like, you can, like, you kind of detach from your thoughts. Essentially what it is is, like, you are not your thoughts. Mm-hmm. When you realize that, it can do a lot for your self-awareness. It can do a lot for your overall life happiness. Like a lot of people get attached to their thoughts like they're real tangible things, but they're just illusions. They're things running through your head. All the de- from all the shit, the data that your brain has gathered over the years, all the things you've heard, subconsciously and consciously. You know, throwing all these things. Some some thoughts are completely just random and crazy, you know? But it's mm-hmm. like that's where meditation can get really fulfilling. Um, 
But meditation is just a piece of this, really. It's, it's like, you know, journaling is a piece of it for me. I get to kind of write down things and I can look at them as tangible things and take inventory of myself. Like, a lot of times I'll write, like, you know, I still feel the need to be right in situations. Like, that's, that's stupid, you know? Like, mm-hmm. arguing and getting worked up and, you know, needing people to agree with you and needing people to understand you and like you. Like, these are all things that... I've gotten vastly, I mean, I've improved so much internally, like, you know, like from the outside looking in, you might've thought, hey, he never cares anyway. Like, what do you mean? That was just how you are. But I've internally like really grown in that sense of detaching from, you know, what people think and being, being imposed by those things. Now, like self-awareness, it's really more just shining a light on yourself. Like a lot of times everyone's looking out and like, you're kind of just looking out and judging what you're seeing. Like you did this wrong, you know, I wouldn't do it that way. A lot of times, like, if you don't ever really look at, like, really shine a light back on yourself and, like, your actions and what you're doing. Journaling, I think, is a cool unlock for that. You can literally write down, like, things that went wrong in your day. Why does that keep happening? You know, like, mm-hmm. is it somebody that I'm around? Is it something about me? Like, multiple times I've had this conversation or argument with four different people. Like, there's no way it's all four of those people being wrong. You know, like... It's just kind of, it really is kind of disconnecting from the ego of like needing to be right. And I think we all kind of are wired like that a little bit. Some way more than others, you know, but our perspectives, you know, from our eyes, like that's, we, we kind of forget that that's not the world. This is just the way we're seeing it, you know? Like you're sitting here right now and you're seeing something totally different. You're hearing, who knows what you're thinking, you know? Like mm-hmm. everyone has their own perspective. And if you can kind of just like put your awareness on stuff like that, can kind of detach and start looking at some of the shit you're doing. Improve yourself. Like it's really a it's really a an effort to improve yourself. Putting self-awareness, like emphasizing self-awareness. You're gonna really improve yourself if you start really looking at yourself, you know? Yeah. It's it's super helpful and I'm personally exciting. I love I love feeling like I've made changes about myself yeah. in a positive way. You know? Mm-hmm. I don't know if that answered it. I feel like I feel like with me, I mean obviously I haven't gotten into meditation yet. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of my self-awareness has come from like being critical of myself of the impact I have on other people mm. and the people around me. If that makes sense. Being critical of yourself. Being critical of like the impact that I leave to people around me. Explain like, that further. Like I wanna, I wanna leave a positive impact on people. Mm-hmm. I don't wanna, I don't want people to be like. And it's not, it's not like ego driven. It's not like that I want everyone to like me. Yeah, I just, yeah. I genuinely like, I, I genuinely care about leaving a positive impact. Um, yeah. You know, so like, with that being said, like, if, if I feel like I'm in a space where I'm leaving a negative impact, that's when I start to become self aware. And it's like, mm-hmm. why am I leaving a negative impact? Right. And that's where it comes from. That's cool. So may, I, mean, I don't know, maybe it is ego driven. I don't know, but. Yeah. But, I mean, no, I think we all want to, everyone wants to be liked. You know, it's like kind of innately in our nature. Like, yeah, you, you want to be appreciated and loved and liked. I mean, you know, it could be the Italian in me, though. Like, they... no, nah, man, I'm pretty sure it's universal. Like, <laughs> Itali- really, if like well, everyone no, just got true love and like Italian, appreciation, Italians just like want to please people, like please everyone. So, it's, yeah. you know, I don't know. Maybe it's from that. I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, either way, the first step is just wanting to improve it. Mm-hmm. Him asking that question. Like, it's the people who never think about it, never even acknowledge the chance that maybe it's them. Yeah. That, there's a lot of people like that. Tons. Yeah. I think the majority. Yeah. So even just thinking about it, like, we're doing our job if, if kids are thinking about that. Mm-hmm. And that's why I don't, give, I don't give a fuck if it looks cool or people think, you know, I'm preaching about it or anything. Well, I'm not. I know I'm not. I mean, half the time you can tell that I'm just, like, talking through what I'm learning. I don't even... You know, I just I just try to share my experiences in real time and like back to the podcast thing. Like if I wanted to if I was worried about being like the best podcaster and the most well spoken and we wouldn't put an episode out yet. <laughs> like I'm half the time I'm you know, I'll just say whatever the fuck I'm like it's a free stream of I believe in flow. It's a free stream of thought. I don't give a fuck. And I don't care how it looks or how it sounds. You know, I know I know the intentions, right? Motherfucking raw. Yeah. I know the intentions, right? And yeah, let, at least putting that on people's maps. So many people have messaged me and saying, "Like, man, you open my eyes at least thinking about this stuff." Like, mm-hmm. and I feel it. I feel happier or whatever. I feel more in touch. Like, that's that's what this is about. Hell yeah. 
we'll be right back with You Never Know You Know What I Mean, right after this urination break. John Kilmer here with a fantastic new product. Today we're talking about hydration, but also we're talking about immunity support and our friends at Liquid IV are tackling both. Now, you know that Liquid IV is the quintessential hydration supplement. Uh, one of these little flavor packets here into a bottle of water is the equivalent of two to three bottles of water. Wow, I know it's fantastic. But they also have the hydration multiplier plus immunity support, which uh, has the same hydration factors, but it also has things like vitamin C, uh, B vitamins, zinc, all that goodness to keep you good and healthy. Uh, we, we drink these all the time when we're hungover as balls in the morning. We do it uh, before a workout. Uh, we just do it on a regular basis these days because it's just a cesspool out there. So uh, we have an incredible uh, deal for you today. If you go to liquidiv.com, and use promo code YNK, you're gonna get 25% off your entire order. Uh, if you're a Costco member, they sell these babies in bulk, but you're gonna get a better deal than Costco if you just go to liquidiv.com and use promo code YNK to get 25% off your entire order. Tell them Steve sent you. If you're like us and you sell a lot of shit online, whether it be Chug Buds, merch, more merch, <laughs> you have to use shipstation.com. It makes our lives so much easier. We've been using it for years. It is compatible with anything, whether you're selling on Amazon, Etsy, uh, Shopify, you name it. it uh, what it does is it organizes your orders so perfectly where as the orders come in, you, you just press a button and your, your printing slip is ready to go. Uh, and if you're like us and you're just getting hundreds and hundreds and thousands of orders, this just makes our lives so much easier. But not just that. Um, you're getting the best deal on all the shipping carriers, whether it be USPS, UPS, FedEx. You're getting the best deals on all of those carriers. So you're not just staying more organized and saving time, but you're also saving a lot of money. So I highly suggest if you sell anything online, please look into ShipStation. I can't stress it enough. Uh, we wouldn't ask you to use it if we didn't use it ourselves. So if you go to ShipStation.com, go to the top of the page and click that little microphone and use our promo code YNK. You're gonna get two months for free. That's 60 days, no strings attached. Just use promo code YNK at shipstation.com and you're gonna get your first two months for free and you tell them Steve sent you. All right, let's get to the next question. Uh, let's go to, oh, there's a great guy here. I, I, was on this, uh, I was on this guy's podcast, great guy. All right. Hope everyone's doing well. Um, I actually had a question from Mike in regards to his spiritual change. Uh, so, you know, I guess you can say you had this spiritual change in these past three years, even so, you know, and it's really shown now, it's shown in music, it's shown in you as a human, but what made you rearrange the way you think and the way you interpret things? You know, what sparked this journey in your life? Thank you, buddy. Um, what sparked it, Michael? <laughs> It was. Uh, I just want to say I, I fucking love how, how like how much people are into yeah. the spiritual change. By yeah. the way, yeah. I mean, dude, you know what? It's <laughs> from a guy. From a guy when he first started releasing music, had a lyric that said, "I got girls on my balls like spaghetti dinner." <laughs> 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 to preaching like the seven spiritual laws of success. Hey, man, I think it's really. I think it's fucking really. It's really real though. Like. A lot of if I feel it, you know who I who I was then and who I am now, and yeah. I'm I'm pretty much like a regular guy in a lot of ways, you know, and like the way I was raised and everything, like mm -hmm. New England regular, like brash, you know, nice guy, but I was always a nice guy, but I had those all these other tendencies that were programmed into me, mm -hmm. and I just feel like I got lucky, I got a vantage point that most people don't get there, like. They don't, they don't get out and meet all these new people and like start seeing new perspectives like I've gotten to see, you know? Mm -hmm. So why not share that with people that might not have that opportunity, you know? And that was my outlook on it. As far as me, what, what sparked it, yeah. um, it was a culmination, you know? Like it was a, it was a build to that where I felt um, such a, yeah. <laughs> uh, for me, it was a culmination. Like it was a build to the point where I felt like, wait, something's wrong. You know, like I need, I need to, I need to look deeper into, into what, what I'm doing yep. and how, how I'm 
seeing things. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it was a slow burn inside where I started to, shit, man, I felt like there was like something I wasn't fulfilling and I, I knew that I wasn't looking at life the right way. And um, a, a big part of it was when I broke up with Josie mm-hmm. and I like, that was, I really didn't have anything ever go wrong. And that was something like we really tried to make work and it just couldn't work. Mm-hmm. So that like reality, and I was like a grown man at that point. Like I had one hardship, the baseball as a kid when I was, you know, 19 or whatever. That was a real hardship. Um, and then this at like 24 or 25, whatever the hell I was. Um, that I was more of an adult and like was, was, I was exposed to how weak I felt. Like, and I, I knew that I shouldn't be depending on somebody else for happiness. And like, I had all these blessings and I was focusing on the one thing that was going wrong. And how is that right? You know, like, and I, I don't know. I mean, I'm proud of myself for at least listening to it. I pretty much listened to it as soon as I started feeling it. I just went after it. And really it was in the results. Like as soon as I I started reading these things or meditate, you know, I would feel these sensations like, yeah, you're going the right way, you know, like, it felt felt fulfilling. It would help. If I was feeling down, it would help. And those were the answers that just, like, pushed me down the path even further. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think it was a culmination of everything, right? Like, I think our lives are just one big culmination. And I think a culmination of all this shit and how my life was very privileged in a lot of ways. Like, just being lucky to be good at sports and be able to be, you know, do well in school and all this shit that, like, a lot of people don't get that luxury. You know? So, like... All those things kind of made me the man I was where I like kind of had an ego and a sense of like everything had to go my way. And if it didn't, woe was me. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, fuck everyone. Fuck you guys if you don't agree. Like, that shit. Like, well, you made a point a long time ago. Uh, you said like when you're starting music, when you would leave the room, you said people would laugh at you. Yeah. So like, you, it could have been like from the early stages of like you having to prove something. Yeah. No, I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, you're totally right. All of it, like it's all data that makes you who you are and like yeah. when it goes off. I mean, I rem- I really felt that way about baseball. People in the neighborhood, everyone be like uh, like they never thought I could do I could go all the way. I was always like really good and mm-hmm. in, in, in locally. And like everyone's just like like there was just this undertone of like you wouldn't be able to do it at a bigger scale. Like I'm from Rhode Island, which is a small place, you know? Mm-hmm. And the people in Rhode Island would give me that vibe and I remember it just sticking with me like it would bother me. And uh, I definitely always used it as fuel. Like I used to think about that before I pitched. Right before I pitched, like at Duke, I was I was on a tear. That All-American year, I was on a tear. I remember vividly when, like, when the Star Spangled Banner would play, I would think about all that shit. And it would be like, yo, I'm so close to proving everyone wrong. Like it was real fuel for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, with, with music, it felt the same. I, I draw so many alignments to my baseball career, to the Mike Stead thing, and just like obviously just the music thing in general. Like, it's a far cry. It's a it's a long haul from Rhode Island to go play professional baseball. It's a real long haul from being just a college baseball player to try to be a musician. You know, mm-hmm. it felt like similar journeys, and there's a lot of alignments. Um, but yeah. Spirituality, like, I, I really feel like there's a divine timing for everything, man. I really do. And I feel like um, it's not something that you could force. The people that ask these questions, they're clearly feeling that little, like, tingle, that connection. Like, ooh, that's spiritual. What's, what's going on with him? Like, I, that's, you know, I, they see the merit in it and they're, they're drawn to it. So if you're drawn to it, go to it, you know? And if, if you're not, then, then so be it. Listen, Kilmer will tell you fucking comedy. This best comedy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it doesn't, that's what's interesting about us is like, I obviously have a lot of different sides to, to our stuff. Like the music isn't like, <laughs> it's not spiritual music, but he said he could hear it in the music, even though if you really listen, like I'm still saying, you know, yeah, I'm just like, a, I don't know. There's a lot of layers to who we, we've become, I guess, but the spirituality should it calls to you, man. And, and if you, if you get that call, just, just follow it, you know? If you have that wet dream, chase it, baby. Exactly. McConaughey, baby. <laughs> that guy's on a fucking whole different type of wave. We should just have a whole episode dedicated to that book. I, I, I posted <laughs> on Twitter, um, someone's like, yo, we need McConaughey and YNK, and I quoted it, and I was like, let's start the manifest now, because that's, that's a huge guest I would love to have at some point. 
Yeah, man. He's oh, man. <laughs> we'll get into that another time. Let's get to the next question here. He's on a wave. <laughs> Michael Studdington, uh, I have two questions for you. One of them is, where is Touring's Boring? Uh, the Twitter page says, new season coming this spring. <laughs> season 2019. I'm trying to see my face at the Grand Rapids show, damn it. And uh, where are, where's Get Out and everything and Life Now? Life Now is like my favorite one, but it's they're all off streaming. What's going on, bro? Uh, just a concerned fan. Yeah. There's a concerned fan. Love one, level concern. Concerned fan who wants answers. Yeah, I mean, Torrance Boring <laughs> was, was a different time and era, and it was a lot of it's very risque, and some of Kilmer's actions might now be deemed questionable. <laughs> um, I can go on record, and I think I can speak for all of us, is that I, you can go back to all those days and all those people who we were around and who totally. we hung out with. Not one goddamn person is going to have a bad thing to say about us. Mm. No, may, maybe a couple of the bouncers at the venues we were at. Yeah. Maybe a couple of the staffers and a couple of the bartenders, but never yeah. the fans that we hung out with. Yep, ever. That's, that's true. I uh, I had someone ask me that, just like all oh, this shit. You guys are like super wild and in the field for so long with your fans. Like obviously we've always just been raging with the fans and shit. And uh, when all the Me Too shit was going on and all that, like that whole cancel culture and you know was born. I remember someone asking like, Yo, how like. <laughs> How did you guys, nothing ever happened with you guys? And, like, I, I said that to him. Literally, yeah. I said, dude, we, we treated everyone like we were just having a good time with everyone. If the girls, if they got fucked, they walked off, like, high five. You know what I mean? They, they had a blast. We never were, like, you know how rappers can, you know, you get that, you get that, like, uh, stereotype, like, yo, come suck my dick and, like, <laughs> You know, like, yeah. just how you treat groupies, like, and how I put groupies in quotations, because, like, you know, you could argue some of them are groupies, I guess, but, like, it, it really, like, we had an interest, really interesting bond with the fans. Like, we looked at them as homies, like, they were really, like, making, they were the ones helping us live our dream, mm -hmm. and I feel like that's how, that was the, they could feel that, that's how we felt about them. And, yeah, like, back to just being respectful, like, we were doing ratchet shit, but, like, it was always on a basis of respect. It was never like taking advantage or, you know what I mean? It just mm -hmm. didn't have that feeling. Um, but yeah, Touring's Boring got taken off just because we felt, and the rebrand um, to Mike was coming and, you know. Out of context, you don't know who we are. You see a video like that today. Oh yeah. It's gonna, it's gonna raise some questions. Yeah, it's just like girl, yeah. all these girls flashing us and like we we're had a, just. We had a great time. Had a great Those time. Those moments will forever be we there. We had an awesome time. <laughs> I think the whole town, you know, you had an awesome time, Frank. We, uh, those memories, you know, they'll be in our minds forever, but, you know, maybe we'll, but maybe we'll find a way. Maybe we'll find a way. Maybe we'll find a way. Let's leave it at that. And what about those fucking songs that he's talking about? Um, they had samples <laughs> that weren't cleared ah. or a producer, like, gave away the beat or something yeah. and there was an error or something. But you, yeah. you just hate to see that. Nothing you can do about it, though. Honestly, I'll send it to him. To. <laughs> uh, all right, let's see what we got here. Mike, huge fan of the podcast um, and the music you've been putting out lately. Uh, my question to you is, was there any defining person or moment in your life that kind of turned you towards the path of spirituality and the whole keep going <laughs> mindset? Um, recently, I mean, just from listening to you talk, you've kind of turned me on to it as well. So I was just wondering if there was someone that kind of got you going on that kind of train of thought. Thanks. Specific people that got you into spirituality. Um, I think Joe Rogan deserves a nod. Mm -hmm. Although I... I really will say I feel like it was mainly internal. Like I said, I had this feeling like something was. Yeah. Um, and then a few few people that I was friendly with in Los Angeles that you know I knew were kind of on that wave. Trevor, I don't even, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if I met him. But, be worse. but there's people you pay attention to that like get you going. Get me going? Yeah. Uh, in what way? What do you mean? No, like that just kind like of. Who are you thinking? Fuels the fire a little bit. I can tell you're thinking well, of somebody. I like Big Evan, for example. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know but that I mean? was way after I was down this path. But then, he, do, he does. He does light the fire even more. Oh, yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, but you're right. It was internal when it started. Not, yeah. There wasn't a person that, like, you saw them and you're like, ooh, I need to do that. Yeah, you I mean, know? you know what? Um, Joe Rogan, he's not, like, he just kind of, like, I remember him, like, I, was, I found his podcast. I was not a podcast listener. Um, and I and I started seeing some stuff, and they, had, they were talking about some spiritual stuff, and seeing how he was handling it, and how he felt about it, and 
you know, I'm not saying I'm like Joe Rogan, but I've, I feel like a relatability to him and I in some ways, just like how he is kind of mm -hmm. in some ways. And for whatever reason, it kind of helped me feel less, if I had any like slight doubts about spirituality or that like New England in me, that would be like, don't be a pussy. What is that? What are you talking about? Like, mm -hmm. just fucking put your head down, do the job. You know, like mm -hmm. that was in me at, in the beginning and he helped usher that along and kind of be like, yeah, like, you should follow this, you know? He, he has a lot of great life advice intertwined in his discussions and shit, so. Especially for young men, I feel like. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I would, I would give the nod to him, but I, I do think it was internal. The biggest nod would go to life itself, you know? Things that, the really hardships. Just, I got to give all the credit to myself, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't even mean it like that. No, I know. I, I mean, the hardships and shit that come up and the way your life went, you know? Mm -hmm. There's a there's an interesting thing that, I mean, it's not, it's been said a million times in its own way, but just so many people hit me up about their hardships and not being able to figure out how to get out of it. They're just in the mud. You could tell, like, they're in the mud when they write me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I go out of my way to respond to a ton of them if I can. And the biggest thing is just, like, dude, you have to understand that, like, all the best things, the things that you admire in me, that a lot of it was gained through the hardships. You know, like, mm -hmm. you wouldn't even know who I, who I was. You wouldn't even be writing me this if I didn't have those hardships. You, we should celebrate them. Uh, if you can channel that while you're in the hardships, then you're out of it sooner. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you're looking at him like, you know what, man, I'm going to learn from this. I'm going to be better for this. I'm going to be more compassionate. I talked with Johnny about this on Bought On Live. There's a lot of humility that I, I think humility has made me such a better person in general. Like, I'm not to say I'm the most humble person. I'm trying to be, you know. I know I'm a lot more humble internally than I used to, the way I look at things. And um, Johnny is a great example. Like, I feel like he's been through the trenches and it made him a much more compassionate uh, humble person um, and that shit's attractive man like <laughs> pause it's attractive <laughs> though like you know talking to girls and shit like a lot of them I, I can tell it's a lot of the stuff you know you could argue it's looks or music or whatever but like some girls in particular I know like it's not even really about that it's more about like they like the way I see things you know and I think there's a feminine side to you think about what toxic masculinity is and it's you know, it's like, don't be a bitch, you know, like mm -hmm. that element, like you're really, I'm, I really was engulfed in that growing up, you know, so being in touch with the feminine side of, of life, masculine and the feminine, then you're equipped with both sides. They're, they're like weapons, they're assets to, to beat life, like to, to succeed in life. And uh, I think having that compassionate side of going through hardships, is just so good for yourself and for how you're going to be like. If you want people to like you, that, that shit's dope. Like, it's not cool to be the cocky asshole. Really, it isn't. Mm -hmm. You know? And it's actually going to end up shooting you in the foot. It really is in the long term. So I'll just take the fucking, take the punches, man. Take the punches. Roll them. Yeah. No, for sure. I know everything's relative, but I, I feel like my biggest hardship has been not having enough hardships. You know? Yeah. That is a real hardship, though. <laughs> it is. Like, you know. Because you just... When you start to get through some of them, you're like, man, like, can't believe I got through that. Yeah. Like, yeah. I had a fucking hemorrhoid at the age of 16. <laughs> That's your biggest hardship. It's up there. It's top three. <laughs> I don't know. You probably never had it. Mean, Dago knows no, what I'm talking about. No, I don't. <laughs> Dago knows what I'm talking about. How did that happen? Dude, I don't know. I think it was, it started with an anal fissure. We don't have to get into this. <laughs> uh, when you, when you're like. Somehow you're always talking about <laughs> anal on this thing. When you're taking a dump and like, you, it's like. You like tear your butthole from taking such like a. I mean, I'm familiar with hem. I'm familiar with how hemorrhoids exist. When you take like a thick dump. But like when you're a kid, at 16, like you're you, supposed to be like pretty well old machine. If you take like a hard thick dump, I don't know what I was eating at the time. I think I was. I think I just started getting into sushi, and that some did something to my bowels. I don't know. Really? But anyways, dude, I was out to dinner once during this hemorrhoid. I could barely sit down. It was so fucking painful. Like, what it is? It's like a big fucking like lump on your butthole. I can't take you seriously. And it's, no, like, I seriously was struggling. I was 16. I thought, like, something was seriously wrong with me. And, like, I could, like, I would sit and it'd be, like, very painful to sit. And I remember I was out to, like, I was one of the first times I ever had sushi in my entire life. I was, like, 16 years old. 
And like it didn't feel right. Like it felt like something was really wrong. So I went to the bathroom. Yeah. And it was just a puddle of blood in my underwear. And the hemorrhoid burst. Sounds sounds pretty terrible. I really can't believe you're getting into this much detail. Hard, <laughs> hardships, man. <laughs> yeah. So right. anyways, yeah, I, I was just a young boy and I got through that luckily. And, uh, you know, I was like, I think back to those times. I'm like, man, like I came out a better person out the other side. I wish I could, you know. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm like a masochist, like like hoping for more hardships, but you know. Yeah, I mean, you're a pretty hunky dory guy. I know, and that's I think that's a cool thing. So I'll just, just I'll, roll with it. I'll just roll with it. I'll roll with it. Yeah, <laughs> move on. It's it's refreshing to be honest. Yeah, and we'll we'll see who's all laughing forty years from now when you all get fucking hemorrhoids. <laughs> here we go. Jack is here from San Austin, Florida. Uh, my question for you today is: if you go back. And tell your twenty-year-old self one thing. What would it be? Thanks. Ooh, good question. You could go back and tell your twenty-year-old self something. <sighs> Let me think about it for a second. I know it's tough. I'm inspired. I'm inspired by Eckhart Tolle. Uh, what the fuck? Eckhart Tolle is his name. The guy, the Power Now. I watch his monologues. He goes to these things, and it, it's the best. His swag's crazy. He's just so. He just sits there. He's just, he's like kind of emotionless in the face. Like they'll ask a question. Someone will come up to the podium and ask like a crazy deep question. And he'll, he'll, he won't make, he won't even acknowledge the question. And he might go on like a 45 to 60 second. Just nothing. nothing, nothing. <laughs> the whole place is fucking hair pin drop. <laughs> like he really gathers himself. And I kind of like was like, yo, that's so hard. Like I'm like the opposite. I'll just be like, yeah, you know. <laughs> like, um, what I would tell my 20-year-old self, um, yeah, I think I know what it would be. There's a lot of things you could say, right? Like, obviously, it's a, there's, a lot, there's a lot of things that we've already talked about that you could, you could kind of put on the radar and would, would really help you at 20 years old. But for me, it would be to, uh, to fucking enjoy it. Like, really, really enjoy the days and the moments that you have, like, mm -hmm. not to, and, and you could look back and be like, really, dude, you guys enjoyed it. Like, I did, we did, right? And I, th I think that's why we're doing well, you know? Like, I think yeah. we did a great job of that. I think we, to this day, we do a great job of that. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people admire us for that. I know that. I talk to the athletes when we talk and they come to the podcast and, like, they're inspired by how we're able to balance it and still really send it and have fun and, like, also grow businesses and, you know? Mm -hmm. and uh and be real people too you know um but really like i think that's the biggest message man like the reason i think that's the biggest is because there's it's scalable to so many things in your life if you're enjoying your moments you're such a more present person you're more responsible you're there you're listening to people talking to you you're you're seeing things your perspective's growing you're not in a stupid bubble you're not listening to yourself in your head too much you know what i mean you're you're really like there in that moment and i think personally it's like one of the more scalable things because becoming a better person more likable being better a better learner being you know more in tune with who who you really are and what you really enjoy mm -hmm. you're constantly there looking judge you know like not judging it but you know what i'm saying like looking judging look at the baby look at the baby <laughs> um you know what i'm saying though like there's there's real value in, in like really having your eyes open, you know? And I think a lot of people go through their lives with, with, with them like kind of proverbially shut. Like they're, they're, they're in their own head, they're, they're in the past. It's an illusion of the past and they're thinking about that all the time. Or thinking about the future that doesn't even exist yet. You know, I, like- I think young people always tend to get caught up thinking about the future. Yeah, for sure. More than an older think about the past. Our, soci our society like forces young people to do that. Yeah, it does. Like, what's your major going to be? Like, what are you going to study? Does. What job are you going to get out of college? Like, even their parents. Yeah. Yeah. Even, it's like it's, it's always like totally what's next? brainwashed what's next? to what's think next? about what's that. Next? Yeah. And and think about I think that's really valuable advice for young kids who are programmed to think about the future and have to have things. A lot of these kids like they think they have to have shit figured out. You know what I mean? Like you really like think twenty two years old. You really think you have to have your whole life figured out? And, yeah, and it's, it's fucking crazy. It's fucking insane. It's crazy, dude. I'm just figuring my life out, and I was, you know what I mean? I was so. Like, shit worked out. I, I just kept going down the path. You know, shit would open up, a door open up. I just fucking ran down the hallway. You know, mm -hmm. like, that's all I did. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Or, 
But like, what I will say really is like, immerse yourself in the moment and then fucking enjoy it. Don't judge it for good or bad or how many things that happen. I mean, I'm, I'm a walking, living proof example of like, you know, that parable, like who knows if it's good or bad? Who knows what's good or bad? You know, there's a, there's a parable about that. And it's just like, I thought getting injured was the worst thing that happened. It was really the best thing that happened. Who knows what's good or bad? In the moment, it's going to feel bad, mm-hmm. you know? So enjoy it. Be present in those moments, even when shit goes bad. Like, there's actually a way of enjoying when things go bad, and that's what I'm getting at, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but I do, I really do think it can, like, as I said, it, it can be something that can really elevate a lot of aspects of your life if you're there in that moment enjoying it as much as you can. Yep. What do you think your 20-year-old self would say back to you? I think that would be pretty good advice. It sounds kind of dope. You know, like, actually, like, genuinely, though, I actually thought about that. Like, if you were like, hey, man, you know, you should write down. If you told me at 20, you should meditate and write down your journal every day. Yeah. I'd say, fuck that. I'm not doing that. <laughs> but he said, yo, be happy all the fucking time. Try to enjoy every moment as much as you can. That's your homework. Enjoy yeah. it all. Yeah. To a 20-year-old, I think that sounds like pretty fucking doable. If it was someone you respected, like... It's very doable. It's, it's actually like, sounds like kind of fun homework, you know, something that you could actually want to do. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I would tell my 20-year-old self to just stop going to the tanning beds all the time. <laughs> it absolutely just incinerated my skin. And now, now I'm on like these like 12-step skin regimens to even have like, you know, like a little less wrinkles on me, but I feel like it aged. I think you look great. Hey, I appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate it. But uh, dude, I just... I mean, I, I, I talked to you about this, like, I went to school in Long Island. I went to school in Long Island when Jersey Shore came out. Fucking gym tan and laundry. The fuck, that viral YouTube video, the fucking Not Now Chief, I'm in the fucking zone video. Oh, yeah. The guy went to Hofstra. He went to my school. Yeah, that was like, that was like your bread and butter. Like, and dude, that got you all jazzed up. It was, talk about being in a bubble. Like, I was, I, was in, I was in Long Island during the fucking Guido phase, and I was in a fraternity, and all the fraternity guys were fucking Guidos. What a bubble, What man. a bubble. It like, didn't exist anywhere Long else. Long Island just out there on its own. Like, that's really, a, that, that's the definition of a bubble. Yeah, I'd go, to, I'd go to the gym. Uh, it was called, like, Export Fitness. I'd see JWoww there. Uh, there, was, there was a tanning salon attached to the gym, and you had to pay just an extra $10 a month to have unlimited tanning. So I'd be catching, like, a huge workout. I'd be on, like, pro-hormones at the time because I wanted to be jacked like all the other Guido guys. And then I'd hit the, I'd hit the tanning salon after every workout. I'd go, like, five days a week. Yeah, what a phase, the Guido phase. Fucking incinerated my skin. Yeah, it was, it was pretty insane. Dude, I'll, I'll say this. I do, I think I'm a, I think I've lived like a bunch of different lives in the sense of like, I've had to really look back at the like, I had so many phases, and like mm-hmm. how I used to dress and the people I was around. I went to a really inner city high school. It was like the only white kid in the group of people I hung around with. Yeah. I think that was fucking amazing for me though. I really do. Yeah. You know? I went to Duke, it was this whole, I went from that to Duke. It was like, you know, like a total, bi- like complete yeah. polarity to what I just, yep. and then like there was the Guido phase. I was in Rhode Island, like that was when I was like 12, 13, like back then. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was just a dress, you know, and then I'm wearing Abercrombie and all these different <laughs> things. Like, dude, I, I'm yeah. just kind of like always like gathered a little bit of intelligence. I, I look at it like that way. And like, I feel like that's why I'm kind of a, we're, like a, you know, you could say I just have like a lot of a lot of different aspects. Like um, you'd never look at me and be like, he's gonna go on and talk about spirituality. Mm-hmm. Like I'm wearing a fucking tank top and a backwards, you know, it just not. I I think that's why, you know. But I I, mm-hmm. I think that's a great thing. Like I think that's a, I I honestly think that's like attached to the enjoying. Like stop judging like the people and the situations. You can learn you can learn shit from just being around different people. Absolutely. I think we've been around tons of people the last 10 years, man. And it, mm-hmm. Really, like, and then I got to L.A. and I got to be around, like, a whole other, you know, level of people I never had access to. And, like, all these things, like, kind of make, make up who you are and how you see things. Absolutely. You know? It's all beneficial, really. All right. I got one more question here, and then we'll bounce the fuck out of here. Uh, like a beach ball in a Nickelback concert. Here we go. <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? Real quick. Um, so I have a marketing business, um, it's taken off a lot quicker than I expected, started in January. Love to hear it. Um, my girlfriend wants me to, uh, have me stick to my nine to five job for the next two, three years. Not my goal. Not my plan. <laughs> Terrible employee. Whatever. Um, 
And I just need to know, how do you tell someone to stay the fuck out of your way, um, to be honest, um, just so there's no casualties? Long story short, uh, dated a girl for nine years. Um, my my dream was to play college baseball. I accomplished that dream. But she was a she was a casualty. We broke up. I'm happier than ever for the most part. Um, but how do you tell someone to stay the fuck out of your way without them being casualty? Love to hear. Bye. <laughs> Love that guy. You reminded me of Chris Farley a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so why? Uh... <sighs> and I live in a van down by the river. Down by the river. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's tough. No, I I. I actually find myself answering a decent amount of uh, relationship-based questions on Instagram DMs with mainly guys hitting me up. Like, mm-hmm. um, the fact of the matter is, is like, if you could really have like, looking back at my relationship, I was terrible at having com- like meaningful conversations where there was a basis was a disagreement. Just mm-hmm. terrible. Just bad energy and like not truly willing to listen and you know and you know there's there's a there's a fair compromise but what i will say is just like the level of communication i know when i have another relationship like that's going to be such a level of focus for me personally on myself self-awareness just being able to communicate like in a thoughtful way like so you know girlfriend of nine years and she does she doesn't want you to you know, go after the, the next thing that's in your heart and that's that's driving you. I mean, imagine if you just... It's a red flag. Yeah, you know, what I will say is this. Like, there's a few different parts to this answer. But, like, you know, if you're, if you're not able after nine years to, like, sit down and be like, listen, this is what I want to do, mm-hmm. you know? And, like, here's, here's the reasons why. And, like, don't you realize that, like, for me to be happy and be a good partner to you, like, I need to, I need to do what I need to do. And if I'm not putting you at risk or harming you, really, what's the basis of you saying no and like not understanding that I, that I need to do that, you know? And I feel like that's something I never said, <laughs> you know, or I never put it that way. But mm-hmm. like, I really started, to, I started reading a bunch of books about it and I was like, wow, I fucking was terrible at that. Dude, the McConaughey book, do you remember the yeah. part in the book when he goes to the, uh, he goes to Africa? Mm-hmm. And he meets up with that musician he really likes, and mm-hmm. like they're having a conversation. And he thinks mm-hmm. that like those two African dudes are having like a fight with each other, and he like agrees with one of the guys, and he's like, "Yeah, like I agree with you. I think you're right." Blah blah. And then the guy screamed at him. He's like, "No, there's no right or wrong. There's just understanding." Mm. You know exactly. So like when you're when you're like discussing something with someone, you're really just trying to un- you should be understanding what, where they're coming from rather than saying if they're right or wrong. Totally. If right or wrong doesn't even exist. Imagine if it didn't exist. It really doesn't exist. It doesn't. It's an illusion. I mean, there's there's morality and obviously, like, you know, there's things that are moral. And, right, and right. Moral. But it's... But there's no right or wrong. To them, they're right. And to you, you're right. That's what I'm so saying. So it's like this middle... It's like this thing that doesn't exist. So it's if really you well. just take that off the table and it's like, instead of figuring out, like, why you're wrong, just figure out where you're coming from. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah, just, just trying to understand from, you know, yeah. and that's what you ask of them. And that's the only way you get it is if you you give it when it's your time to be understanding. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to be able to to give it and yeah, in order to both ways, yep. you know in order to receive it. So I think that's where you start. If she doesn't understand that, then I think that's a problem. You know, and and you can't really you can't dictate how you know people you love are going to react or how they should react necessarily. But what you can say is like, look, you know, you take inventory of the situation, just like you don't understand that like there's a bigger problem here like you know what i mean and maybe we're not evolving in the in the same direction you know what i mean i think there's a maturity thing to that too though you know what i mean yeah like asking asking like someone who's 23 to think that way versus someone asking someone who's 28 to think that way yeah you know and i know everyone matures at a different rate or whatever totally but just naturally like I, th- I think younger people need to have a little bit of slack yeah know? yeah definitely. A, little, a little bit and, and in regards to what in regards to her and, understanding and, and you're just just being understanding in general you know? Yeah. Because, like, if I think to myself... I mean, that's the whole point of these conversations. If I think to myself eight or nine years ago, it's like, I don't know if I was as understanding back then as I am right now. Of course. You know? Of course not. Yeah. I mean, so, that's the whole point of these conversations, though. I know. Like, I, we didn't think any of this shit then. Mm-hmm. I think we have a lot of listeners in that age. Yeah. So, it's, it's part of the, the point of these conversations. 
Um, but yeah, like if I'm giving him an answer, it's that. It's a, hey, if this is what you really want to do, you said you hate your other job, then if you have a way out of that, fucking do it. <laughs> and, and like yeah. if you approach her in a respectable way and just say, hey, look, like if you want to be my partner in life, like, you know, here, here's the reasons why this, like, let's have a discussion about it, but it is my life. And I would honor the same thing on your end if you came to me and you needed to change something in your life in this, for the sake of you enjoying your life. Yeah. I would fucking want you to be happy, you know, like, and that's, it's a really mature outlook on how to handle these disagreements and shit. But like, you know, he could tell by his tone, he's like, I fucking hate my other job. And it's just like, look, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. I mean, we can relate to that. We don't do a nine to five. You right. know what I mean? It's not, and we don't do Monday through Friday. It's yeah. like every day you I mean, wake up and you have to have accomplished something and there's some, it's for some higher purpose that we want to reach. And we're going to just do everything we can to get to that, reach that higher purpose. An interesting look at this as well as like look i mean if you're married it's one thing it doesn't sound like they're married but when you make when you make that leap with somebody these are these are things that like need to be completely like at least things will arise as time goes on but mm -hmm. at least the basis of like your values as a couple like like because my point of saying that is like once you form a bond you go from two separate people to like your one family a then unit. your your mm -hmm. your decisions like you know they're impacting you know your wife and then if you have kids like directly so it's no longer just about you when you yep. make that bond and you make it official you know true that so this is actually it's like one of those things where it could be a deciding moment in a relationship where like hey like you know because her argument would be hey because my schedule then we're never going to be on the same schedule and you know what does that do to our relationship you know mm -hmm. so yeah like it's it's part of the that's why relationships are so hard. Yeah, trying to manage something that's out of your control. You can't control someone else's feelings and what they want. You know, so especially if you're an ambitious motherfucker. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what, like I watched a Will Smith clip where he's like, "You want to accomplish something, you have to make a deal with yourself right now." It's like mm -hmm. you're either gonna do it or you're not gonna do it. Yeah. And like I did that internally. I mean, I, God knows how long ago. And it's like, yeah, I can't not do it. Right. I have to do it. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so it's like there's no if and. I mean, look, there's yeah. there's a huge there's a huge thing going on here, in, that, ge in general though, like in our culture, why relationships are struggling so much. Mm -hmm. um, and I think a lot of it is because there's more and more opportunity every day in this country or in this world now. Just like think about what's going on, right? Mm -hmm. And all these opportunities, and it's a lot less traditional where you just like you, you marry your high school sweetheart, you get that job around the corner. Mm -hmm. and, gonna go to the same high school your kids gonna go to the same high school and like yeah that was a you know when you didn't have the internet the age of the internet and you didn't have all this accessibility to what else is out there i think a lot of people's eyes are open to like how big the world is and how big the amount of opportunities really are and that you technically can really do anything or a lot of things at least and uh I think I think that breeds a lot of discontent when you get kind of you make a decision when you're 22 to get married to the girl you love since you were 15, right? Mm -hmm. But we know at 22 like how much development still needs to happen, and like you figure out what you want in life, you know, and like mm -hmm. you develop these passions that like didn't exist, you know. So it's really it's really what happens is like you kind of get a discontent towards the relationship because you feel trapped by it, you know. So I think it's a really challenging thing. It's a really challenging thing to navigate relationships in today's day and age. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think people deserve more credit, you know, like at least an understanding that it is really difficult. Like I think that's why everyone's having so much trouble with it because it's, it's a real thing. It's just going to get worse and worse in my opinion just because the world is just, it's just booming. Like it's just so much opportunity everywhere and like, like a lot of people are going to have those realizations. Not even midlife crises. Like, it's not even a midlife crisis anymore. It's like a twenty-three-year-old. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's a third life crisis. You know, like, yep, or quarter even quarter life quarter crisis. life crisis. Yeah, yeah. Where it's just like, man, oh, fuck, I, I really haven't even left my hometown, and like, haven't the mm -hmm. fuck else is out there? You know. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think I think it's a beautiful way to end it. Uh, and if yeah. you're having trouble with your relationship, <laughs> be sure to call in next week on Modern Love. With yeah, Mike. let us know what you guys think about. Um, <laughs> I, I really like the. I think for the only Steves too, this is a really good way of doing it because, like, that we're offering a service to the people that subscribe. You know, like, yeah, 
they get if they have a question or something going on in their life, we could answer it directly. That's pretty cool. Um, Very sweet. And do, then uh, do you remember in Jerry Springer when he used to give the monologues at the end of the episode, kind of tying everything together. Yeah, we need to start doing that. Yeah, yeah. What is Jerry's final thoughts? Jerry's. Final <laughs> <laughs> that show is so heartfelt and so ridiculous. At the same time, we don't have to get into it. It was good stuff, what man. Gonna, good TV. What were you gonna say? Um, no, yeah, we have some. Uh, Got some really amazing news on deck, so just uh, sit tight. I mean, I, I'm happy to see everyone excited about the music, and we're, we're not we're not really scratching the surface yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we got some fucking tunes for your head top coming in hot, so yeah, we're excited about it. It's gonna be a fun year to be a Stevo, and uh, yeah, appreciate the support so much. Ball don't lie is doing really well. If you haven't yet, go check that out with Johnny. I'm sure if you listen to this, you've checked out Ball don't lie by now. But. Yep. Uh, it's a great product, too, and you get to know him really well. So, yeah, I yeah. appreciate you guys. And if you like our podcast, you notice we do an every other week structure here. We also do two bonus episodes uh, if you subscribe to OnlySteves.com on YNK Podcast Plus. So if you go to OnlySteves.com, go ahead and check that out because uh, you get to see more conversations like these where we talk about spirituality and hemorrhoids. <laughs> yeah, it's a <laughs> smorgasbord of hot topics. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, look, we the the YNK podcast is is obviously guest driven, and I think that's that serves a great purpose. Mm-hmm. It's back to the think and grow rich model of like picking people's brains who have had success, yeah, and creating an overall outline for y'all to like be like, oh shit, like I need to change this about myself, yeah, in order to to be able to fulfill what I want to do, you know. So, yeah, um, but the premium co- podcast is a little more uh, interactive with you yeah. guys, and it's a little more grassroots, and we can uh, connect with you guys a little better. So. If you're not subscribed to it, definitely check it out. Yes. You ready? All right. Let's get out of here. Good stuff.